my 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 way of solving it is all right i'm gonna have go to france and have sex with the prostitute and your way of solving it is i'm just gonna trap it correct yeah well yes hey this is david and this is alan and welcome to another episode of i finally watched where i finally watched it follows so this is a movie that I didn't see like in theaters or immediately when it came out, but it's one I kind of knew about and had heard, you know, a lot of word of mouth saying it was a great horror movie. Um, and so a few years back, this came out in 2014, but I saw it maybe two or three years ago, I finally got the chance to watch it and was really just kind of blown away by it because similar to The, the Witch, there's a lot of dread created in this movie, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, without showing a lot of kind of bad, grotesque things happening to the characters. I mean, the worst, I think the, the most blood you see is in the first three minutes of the movie, um, sort of as a tone setter. But I, was a, I really love this movie, uh, which is why I wanted us to do this. So, Alon, after seeing It Follows for the first time, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, you know, I've been told that this is a really good horror movie. But see, I, I already mentioned I'm not a huge fan of, of the horror genre. Um, so when someone's like, oh, this is a really good horror movie, all that tells me is, like, it does its job of being scary. And, I'm, you know, so I took a long while uh, to get me to watch this movie. Um, I mean, this, this podcast is the reason I, I ended up watching yeah, me, it. Yeah, me forcing you to watch it. Yeah, yeah you, why we're yeah, watching it. 100%. Um, but I didn't quite understand what people meant, like how good it was. And it's, as a film, it's a good film. It builds up this like sort of dread and suspension that, without really i don't know for the whole movie i was kind of like okay so what really did it for me was the fact that no one else can see this thing and that is the part that was the like the scary part for me um the the time that i was like oh shit oh shit like look behind you girl was when they were at the beach. And yeah, it's, and I, go ahead. No, it's, you know, walking up behind her, and I was like, holy crap. Well, yeah, and I want to talk about that scene a little bit more, like, later in detail, but I think what this movie does the greatest job of, and, you know, a little explanation, there's just this thing that follows you, and the only way to get rid of it following you is to have sex with someone else, but then if that thing, that thing starts following them and then kills them, it's right back to you. And I think what this movie does a great job of is slow playing that explanation and sort of just building upon the facts of like, you know, it's this kind of unique world with this unique thing and kind of building on how it works. And so if you went into it with, you know, I went into it knowing what I just explained. There's this monster that follows you and to get rid of it, you have to have sex with someone else and then it follows them. That's all I knew. So the way that it's built upon each other, you know, the opening I think is really great in that you almost, you know, if you had no idea about this movie, 
you have no idea what's going on in this opening scene, but then you just have this, this girl running and then she's running in these kind of weird circles around the road. And then her dad's like, what's going on? And so, and there's a woman with her groceries and she's like, do you need help? But no one can understand what's wrong with her. And then she gets in her car and drives off and then she's at the beach and she's crying and she's telling her dad, you know, I love you. And then the camera kind of pans to like the, the shore farther up of like the car sitting there and there's no one there, but she's like just freaked out kind of looking in that direction and then cut to her, her being dead and dismembered. Like that opening is amazing to me in that it's like, doesn't explain a whole lot to you, but it's just like yeah. super jarring. What I really liked about the beginning of this movie after the opening scene you just talked about is how the guy prepares our main character, Jay, in kind of like getting away from this thing. After having sex with her, he ties her to a wheelchair and he's like explaining the situation because it's kind of pointless to like pass this on to someone unless you it gives you a better chance if you give them a better chance of surviving. Right. Well, and the one great thing about this movie I was watching with a friend is that the movie slowly gives you more and more details about how it works, right? Mm-hmm. So throughout the movie, and especially on my second, you know, second or third watch at this point, you're like trying to kind of in your head figure out like what would you do? You know what I mean? Like what is the best way to go about like defeating this thing? But I, I do really like the the way they do the exposition or at least the explanation of how this works with Hugh, kind of explaining it to her once in the beginning and then again giving her more explanation. But even even before that, like my favorite part is, you know, the the date that Jay and Hugh are on where she's like, oh, let's play this game. And, you know, I'm going to pick someone out in a crowd in my head and I'm going to say that I want to trade places with that person. You try and figure it out. So they do it for, you know, Hugh first. And then they do it for, or they, yeah, and then they do it while they're in the movie theater. And he was like pointing, he's like, oh, is it that girl in the yellow dress? And Jay's like, that Jay's the main character of the girl. Um, and she's like, what girl in the yellow dress? He's like, she's right there. And she's like, there's no one there. And then he just kind of freaks out, like, we got to leave right now. You know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. you, you sort of have an idea when you decided to watch this movie, what it is. But I just, I love the way that, this movie works if you have no idea what you're going into. I think it maybe even works a little better that way than also just the, the explanation of how it works. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I mean. It's just when it is all like kind of laid out there for you, there's a reason. He needs to tell her exactly how it works or there's no point in passing it on. Um, the guy acts super chill, like in the beginning of the date. Like he's standing in line at the movie theater and I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, I'd be so freaking paranoid. Like, I'd be looking over my shoulder. I'd be, like, checking people out. And he was acting, in my opinion, like, you look at how she's acting, like, three days into this. And look at how he's acting. I guess what we would have to assume months, weeks? I don't know. Um, but I think he thought he got away from it for a while. Well, because the, he saw the girl in the yellow dress. Well, because the way I would think, you know, you eventually find out that this is, uh, the guy has given her a fake name. He's from a different town. And this, the, the it that follows people, um, 
can only walk, you know, and it walks very slowly. So I, I doubt it's buying bus tickets. And right. I think he drives really far away and sets up this house and sets up, you know, I mean, so I feel like he thinks he's at least built himself some time to find a girl that he can sleep with. Um, and so it is, he is probably a little bit guard down at this movie theater. He's also, he needs to play it cool because he needs, he really needs Jay to sleep with him to try and pass this along. Right. And so I almost took it as like, he had kind of thought I had driven far enough away and I have the time to do this. And then he's like, all right, shit, my timetable now has to be moved up. And what, what I really love right after that scene is until he has sex with her, you never really see the, the it, except when they're in the diner and they do this a lot throughout the movie. It's kind of one of my favorite parts. There's just a person slowly walking kind of towards the diner. Yeah. That could be anything. And it's exactly. never like, it's never confirmed that that's it, but yep. it's just like, it's, it's a really cool. And they kind of, he zooms in on it a little bit. Um, the camera work in this movie is amazing to me because Fantastic. the camera, at some points, the camera is a first person of how would you interact with the world if this was you being chased by a thing that is just coming at you to kill you. But the camera also acts as the it chasing people and just like slowly moving towards them. One of the things I think they just brilliantly did is they place these people just walking and you as the audience never knowing if that's the monster and never knowing. Um, and it, it creates a sense of paranoia that puts you right in the main character's shoes. And you really feel like scared for this the the character which i don't think a lot of movies successfully they try to do but i don't think i've ever seen a movie in this type of genre successfully do it better than they've done it here uh it it put me in kind of a an argument with myself wondering um whenever the it changes forms um, it's either naked or in this like white nondescript clothing. And there's a few times where a hundred percent it is the it and it's wearing like something colorful. Like in the beginning, um, she's in her house and a window breaks and it gets inside. And it's like the girl without a sock who has like, you know, half naked and she's wearing like a green, huh? And she's peeing herself, it looks like. Yeah, she's peeing herself, but she's wearing like a skirt, like a, like a green skirt and a green sock and I guess like a letterman jacket. Um, but then that was the only time that we ever saw it wearing something colorful. All the other times it was wearing like a nightgown or like long underwear. Well, and then the other example of like, is the it in the background and you're seeing it when they go to the school to find Hugh, whose name turns out to be Jeff, the, the camera is just panning across the schoolyard. And they also, they don't explain it. You think it's high school and it probably is, but it could be like a college. But yeah. I think it's, it's I'm pretty sure that they, they kind of let it be known that it's high school. Yeah. But it pans across this courtyard and there's this person just walking towards the camera. And it could just be a student because it's walking towards the building. 
And then they pan to um, Jay and the other guy, Greg, who's helping her out um, in the school. And then there's no dialogue. It's just music the whole time. And then they get back in the car with everyone else. And they're like, oh, we found him. And then that same girl is just sort of walking directly towards the car. But it's out of focus. She's really far off. And no one notices her. No one mentions her. And it's just really cool that the even when the characters aren't showing constant sense of dread, the background is letting you know that you still should be. Yeah, um, exactly. And it, we learn with the main character too. Um, I think one of the, like the big learning experiences is when she's in her bedroom. Um, actually this, this, this brings up two points I want to make. Um, when she's in her bedroom and her, her friends are knocking on the door and she goes to let them in, um, the, character, the main character does a lot of things in this, in this movie that as the audience, I feel like, at least I was like, don't do that, you idiot. Like, why, why wouldn't you be doing this instead? Or please turn around. Or like, why aren't you checking, like doubling back? And, you know, things like that. But she opens the door for her friend and it takes the form of like this giant guy who in real life is actually like seven foot seven. <laughs> so he like just kind of comes out of the darkness and, and uh, behind her friend. And at that point, we know as the audience, as much as she does, exactly what's coming for her. But we don't know what it looks like. And the fact that it keeps changing its shape and she's on edge because of that we are also on edge at the same time she is and so i just felt like that was another really great way of uh of building that like suspense and dread yeah and two you don't know it to your point of like oh why is she doing that she's being so stupid one this guy just you know had sex with you and then drugged you and showed you this naked woman and she said hey she's going to chase after you and she's going to take different forms um like everyone that she told this is like oh why would this guy this guy told you this fucked up story that's clearly not true you know what i mean like it's kind of hard for her to believe and then in the beginning when she's going back to class and trying to lead a normal life and she sees this old woman just walking straight across the courtyard not interacting with anything else and then she kind of leaves and which makes me think it's a high school because the teacher's trying to tell her not to and like college professor wouldn't have said shit to her yeah, yeah. Um, but then the old lady's just walking down the hallway just with this intensity of just like slowly but surely i'm gonna keep coming after you it, you know it's it's gonna be hard for her one to explain to these other people what this guy said and to make them to believe it but it's gonna be hard for her as well so it takes some time which is also like why this this thing is so powerful is that it's just so crazy you know what i mean like the idea behind it when she's in the in the classroom and she's you know she leaves the classroom she's walking in the hall and there's those two girls talking to each other and the it as the old woman is is between uh our main character and those two girls and uh the main character goes hello and the fact that one of those girls turns to her and goes hello it, it, I thought it was just really great because with just two words, it establishes that girl can't see that old woman and that woman is going to kill you. 
And um, there's a lot of moments. Like, like I said, yeah, it's a great horror movie, but as far as movies generally, it doesn't treat you as the audience uh, stupidly. Right. And it also, throughout the movie, kind of plays with the mechanics of exactly how this thing works. Because in that scene, the old lady kind of walks past these people. And then in the scene in the bedroom where Paul and her sister let, you know, their other friend Yara in, then the guy walks up behind them. And the way the, the way it works is she, Jay runs out of the room and like climbs down the escape. And you see her friends walking in after and the guy kind of walks around them or walks behind them and then is kind of chasing her. And so you don't know up until, and my favorite scene is the beef scene, so I want to talk about it now, but you don't know exactly what its interaction is with the rest of the world. And so the reason I love the beef scene is, and this is set up perfectly. So you have on the beach, you have Jay, you have Greg, you have Paul, and you have Kelly, her sister. And it's just those four sitting there. Yeah. And then Jay is sitting in the chair. And the, the way the angles work is that's what you see. And then you see someone walking up in the distance. And at first, it looks like Yara. It looks like her friend. Right. And you're like, well, is that her? Or is that, you know, is that her? And it's like, it's kind of almost taking that form. It's just walking and walking. And she's wearing that white that you're talking about, but it could just be like swimwear. You know what I mean? Right. And then one of the camera angles shows Yara floating in the water. Yep. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then just this, the way it works where she grabs the hair and starts lifting it up and everyone's like, oh my God, what is happening? And then she starts freaking out and then Paul takes the chair to try and hit it and then just gets flung. And then it's like, now you know how powerful this thing is. It can touch other people. Like if that whole scene, one, sets up so much, but it's just like so well done. It's yeah. like just awesome. I 100% agree. It explains to you more in that scene without saying anything than whatever Hugh could have ever told her. Um, and I love how, how, what's the guy's name who, who, who's always wearing like the denim jackets? Greg. Greg. I like how he goes to the bathroom. Like he goes over and pees in a bush. And... Paul is the only one who can like defend her at this point because not saying like, Oh, he could have been, it could have been taken down by those two guys. But the fact that they're kind of like one man down really puts them at an advantage uh, at a disadvantage. And then how strong that thing is, how it just like flings Paul to like the other side of the beach. And then it breaks down the door which I don't know if you noticed, but the way it broke down the door and when they go to investigate Hugh's house, um, the house that he was renting, mm -hmm. there's a hole in between one of the like two rooms in the house that's like looks exactly what happened in the door on the beach. Right. I, the one thing, you know, we've talked about set design other times. The set design of that house... So the movie takes place in Detroit and it obviously looks like that because there's just a bunch of abandoned houses. But the way Greg has designed, or not, sorry, Greg. Um, Hugh. Hugh slash Jeff has designed this fortress for while he's trying to find someone that he can have sex with to pass this along. Is, you know, he's got 
all the windows taped up so like this thing can't really see in to see him and then he's got the can so that when a window gets broken or gets hit like it'll make noise and, and he just, sleeps in the attic and he's and then he's got the porno mags and the, the <laughs> tissues that paul just touches and it's like yeah. come on dude like those are happy tissues so what are you doing and it also the the porno mags kind of set up that like that my friend was pointing this out that he was probably trying to fight this for a while that you know he's probably going back and forth in his mind like i'm condemning someone else to this horrible life that i have but at the same time it's like you know what what can i do too like am i is my life just over um but yeah that that scene too as well when they're investigating the house and just is is really is cool yeah um and and uh it it looks you know the house is really run down but then inside it there's some damages to the walls and doors and whatnot so it does give a sense that uh he uh what's his name hugh <laughs> let's forget this guy's name um he's been fighting it like physically for a while you know it might have like knocked down a few doors in the house and he might have like gotten in the car and like kind of double backed far enough that it gave him some time but um the hole that's blown open in the beach house when they're you know fighting the monster on the beach and the fact that it's not only like you said do we get of okay it can interact in the real world it can like hit other humans and it can um pull her hair which i was not a fan of because as hugh warned her he said don't let it touch you and pulling her hair is touching you so i was expecting like oh it touches you you just die but it, it, it's not like that at all it has to like actually you know physically kill you it's just i guess super strong in doing so um but it decides to pull her hair for like a full five seconds. So I, I didn't get that. But then the other thing is that Greg teaches her how to shoot a gun. And she shoots the manifestation of it. It sounds like we're talking about the clown. But um, she shoots... Not, not this episode. <laughs> she uh, She shoots it in the neck. And it goes down, like it goes down hard. And you're like, oh, it can like be- Bullet, Bullets work? <laughs> bullets work. And then it just gets right back up, like with barely skipping a beat. And I'm like, oh, you know, how, how are you going to kill this thing? And that, that's kind of like, I had answered five questions we might've had, but then it puts up like 20 more questions. Right, no, absolutely. I do think- if I not like a nitpick and I think they play with it well, but there's like some incon not inconsistencies, but it's just like there creates a lot of questions around the it, like the old grandma in the beginning, if she just walked into the class and Jay is just confused by it and lets it get close enough to her and just grabs her and starts, I guess like having sex with her. Cause that's what happened to like Greg later on in the movie. Or yeah, I didn't quite get that just <laughs> yeah but it just murders her in the middle of class like everyone's gonna see her like her dying like so you know <laughs> the movie does like kind of skip around some issues that might be created and also like 
they don't really in keeping things away from you which is the only way you can play a movie like this because it's kind of low budget and it's you know i mean you, the less is more approach to a horror movie also works especially with like a low budget one but like how fast how fast can this thing like catch up with you you know what i mean like if you if you drive 40 miles away and this thing's walking you know that should take a long time for it to get you know get to you you know what i mean it shouldn't yeah. be so right and and also can you just defeat this thing by getting on a plane and going to a different country well yeah because we don't know how it how it deals with the water i i think i like the i like the uh the ending bits a little bit which we'll get into a little bit more but you know if you, <laughs> i was talking with my friend about like if you're just a rich guy and you can just like get on a yacht, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just no, keep, exactly. Keep, keep moving. The only thing I was thinking is that if you could get on a plane and go to a country, because he said the the guy who uh, who passed this on to her, he said that it's slow but it's smart. So is it smart enough to also get on a plane and go to the country you're gonna you're going to? Because whether it knows, you know, exactly what plane you got on or whatever, it, it somehow knows where you are all the time. Right. I almost took this as like a, um, you know, you have like your zombies in kind of in today's movies that are these like fast moving ravenous things. Or then you have like the walking dead and like the, the day of the dawn of the dead, like back in the day, mm-hmm. these like slow moving things that just kind of can sense you, you know what I mean? and just are moving towards you and like like if you if they get a hold of you then they'll probably like take a bite out of you and you're infected and then or you know they can completely like murder you um and that's kind of what i took it as i don't know that it can get on a plane i don't know that it can like all right she flew this way i'm gonna take a detour over to the detroit airport and i'm gonna look at the board and figure (laughs) out where she went <laughs> I don't know. He said it's smart, so I don't but, know. But I, mean, I am how, wondering: can it swim, or would it like walk on the bottom of the ocean and then like <laughs> just passing fish? I I don't know. I mean, how, I think when he sorry to interrupt, but I think when he was saying it was smart, it's like oh, it takes the forms of things that'll trick you. Like it took the form when it killed Greg. It took the form of Greg to get in the house, but it just had to break a window. And then when it knocked on Greg's room, it took the form of his mom. And so then when he sees it, he doesn't like run immediately. He just is like, mom? And then it, you know, it murders him. I think that's what it was saying. Like, that's what he was saying. Yeah. I, I really, um, really like the part where he was like, it takes the form of your loved ones. And I think it does that just to hurt you. I was like, so, you know, this is like kind of a vengeful. You could tell even the how at what points in the movie it was pursuing her, how frustrating it was getting. Because in the beginning, it was just like, okay, I'm just going to walk here and, you know, follow your ass and (laughs) whatever, whatever. But then at the point where they make it to the beach, um, it, it pulled her hair. It broke the door down. It like screamed at her in that, um, like little boy form it took you know it flung paul across the beach like i felt like it was getting angry at that point which i i thought was really uh 
really interesting. I will say things that I, I wore wasn't too crazy about the movie. Like this is a high concept movie. The concept is really strong and they really played into that. But there was a few things that I was like, oh, it, this is going to happen in the movie and this is going to happen in the movie. And one of the things is, is I was like, oh, she's going to have sex with Paul and Paul is going to take the, like, take the L for her because he like has a huge crush on her. And even though it kind of caught me off guard with Greg doing it first, eventually Paul does do it. And I was like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. Well, it's a little bit different though, because, and to your fir- first, to your, to your other point about it getting angry, I also thought the scene where it finally kills Greg and it's the mom and Jay walks up and she sees it knocking on the door as Greg's mom. And she's, and she's like, Greg, don't answer the door. You can almost like see it like looks at Jay and then looks back and starts knocking faster. And it's almost like, if I can kill Greg real quick, I can then knock this chick out. And then I'll have to, <laughs> then I'll circle back for Hugh because I know where he goes to school. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, all right, like they're, they're really close to each other right now, which is, it's even funny too. Like Jeff was like, we shouldn't even be near each other right now. This is so stupid. Like you need to get away from me. I, I think he does a good job of like, no, no one in the group when they find Jeff slash Hugh, like believes him. But he does a good job of, like, playing how scared he is. He's, like, this random girl's walking by. And he's like, do you guys see her? Do you guys see her? Like, someone tell me right now. You know I mean, like, he yeah. makes it believable. But the, the thing with Greg, when they first, when they show you that, she's in the hospital and she kind of makes eye contact with Greg. And then I love the camera work on, like, they make eye contact, nothing said. And then the camera is just panning outside of different rooms in the hospital. Yeah. And then it stops on that one to him, like kind of making moves. And I do like the fact that, you know, she didn't trick him into having sex with her. She like told him like, this is real and you need to believe it. And he obviously didn't believe it, but I, the moral conundrum they play with a lot, especially from Jay of like not wanting to do this to anyone else. And like, she kind of has feelings for Paul throughout, you know, plutonic friendship wise, but then later, you know, they get in a relationship, but she didn't want to do that to Paul. And Paul the whole time was like, well, I would want to do this for you. Right. But in, but in the end, when they hook up, one, it's like to be helpful, but then two, it's also because like they have decided to be together. So it's less of like a, a white knight, like, let me save you and take this burden from you and more like, let's take this burden together. Right which is also strategically kind of stupid because now both of you can see it. And like, there was an advantage in like one of you being able to see it and the yeah. other being like, is that person real? Is that person real? But then at the same time, if you're in a relationship and like Paul's going to want to have sex with you, Jay. So. Uh, another thing that was kind of like unspoken and I think it's just kind of logical. You have to do, you have to kind of figure it out yourself is that if you have sex with someone and that it is passed on to them, and if you have sex with someone else when it's not following you, that doesn't count for anything, right? Like if it kills that person and comes back to you, it's not going to then follow someone. Right. And then does sex, is sex just the penetration or like do you have to finish and then it starts following that other person? Okay. This is a legit question. Does it count with a condom? Yes. <laughs> I haven't talked to the director, but I'm going to just say yes. That they're, they don't want to put out a message of <laughs> condoms are bad a lot. One, one of the interesting things like thematically about this movie is that a lot of horror movies really, really um, 
concentrate on like the virginity of certain characters. And it's like, you know, the virginity of the last girl in the horror movie. Like in Scream. Like in Scream, you know, she's good until she, she has sex. And what's so interesting about this movie is that it almost wants you to have sex a bunch of times or like, well, no, it's, it's punishing these people. And it, like, that's, you know, scream is but a very, it's not really punishing. And I see what you're talking about, but then it's like, if you go have sex with someone else, it gets it off your back. No, but you're always haunted. Right. Because this is the other thing too, that this movie, you can have these discussions where you're like, what's the best way to get rid of this. Right. Because like, you know, if you're a girl, it's much easier to go to a bar and find five to 10 dudes that would be willing to have sex with you. But then finding a guy that you can have sex with who then will have sex with someone who will have sex with someone else. You know what I mean? Um, and as a guy, you either have to have game or work at it like you did, <laughs> like move to another town and like go on several dates. Yeah. Or you like have to go to a hooker, which is what Paul seems to do at the end of the movie. But then the thing is, is like if Paul has sex with a hooker and then she has sex with a guy, like who's that guy having sex with? Maybe a different hooker? I mean, maybe. You know what I, I mean? I guess so. I guess the idea of having sex with a hooker, if you're in this situation, is like, She's going to have sex with so many people and that guy is going to have hopefully sex with so many people because he's going to see a hooker that it's like, it, it'll be a while before it comes back to you. But if that guy's having sex with a hooker, he's probably just, he might only be having sex with hookers. Yeah, but so, isn't that better? Like if he has well, sex with a different hooker and the hooker, you know, you know? But hopefully he's not a monogamous guy who only has sex with the same hooker and has like fallen for this hooker. I think you have to say prostitute or sex worker, actually. Let me ask you this. I, how I would get this thing off my back is I would go to a different country. I would fly to a different country and have sex with a prostitute from that country and then fly to a different country farther away in the same direction. So if I was going east and like, you know, say, you know, stop in France, have sex with a French prostitute, and then I would keep going to like China, you know? And I wonder at that point, are you, are you good? Like you said, if you're really rich, I guess you could just get in, a, in your jet and just never land, just stay above ground. Well, the other thing you could do is try and trap this thing, right? Because it's very strong. It's, it, yeah, I guess titanium bars. <laughs> but how strong is it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so that, that's like one of the things I love about this movie because it does have you thinking about this kind of fake world in which this happens and like what would you do but I do think you know as I was about to say earlier like Scream definitely like has these meta conversations about like how horror movies work and making fun of them and what this does is it takes the you know the trope from horror movies of like the person who has sex is like the next one to die. Like these two kids are hooking up in a car at Lookout Peak and Jason comes behind and murders both of them in the middle of it. You know what I mean? And like right. this takes that idea of these two people, this, you know, you have sex with someone and now you have this demon, this it 
this monster following you for the rest of your life. And then the only way to get rid of it, you know what I mean? It's almost like, it's almost like an allegory for like, you know, an STD too. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's really just the idea behind it kind of leads you in, in a horror movie that's, you know, is usually just there for scares and like a good, you know, hour and a half to two hours of like taking your mind off. It does lead you to think a lot about this, this idea that is set up in the story. Actually, you know, STDs would be easier to deal with if they did work like the it monster. Is you just have sex with someone and then the STD is off of you and pass on to them. Right. And it seems like, but the thing is, is this, the movie is also supposed to make you consider like the moral conundrum. And it seems like that that's not an issue for you. <laughs> but what I do like is like, I was trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my way of solving it is, all right, I'm going to have, go to France and have sex with a prostitute. And your way of solving it is I'm just going to trap it. Correct. Yeah. Well, yes. But what, what I was about to say is I do like, so the, after the beach scene, a lot of what the movie is doing is kind of showing you the moral kind of compass, the what Jay is willing to do and to get rid of this thing because it's, it's all encompassing. It's like ruining her life. And, you know, first she has sex with Greg and you're like, they don't really explain that Greg's in on. And then once they do, you're like, oh, okay. You know, she has done this the right way. And then Greg gets murdered and she flees. And then she sees these three dudes on a boat and she just starts undressing. And then later on you see her driving back and her cast is completely like soaked. Mm -hmm. And then she's talking with Paul and he's like, well, why don't you just have sex with him? She's like, I can't. But then she says like, you know, this thing will be back sooner or later. And it's like, well, is it later because you went on this boat or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I, I wonder that too. Uh, it left it really kind of like, you didn't know if she had sex with these guys on this boat or if uh, she just went for a swim in the ocean. And one thing I, I did wonder too, that they left kind of open is how did Jeff slash Hugh know how to deal with this thing? What, like did this girl that he had sex with in the one night stand at the bar did she explain it to him the same way? She must have. You, she must have because if you don't, this person's going to die. You know what I mean? Like you'd have to get super lucky to like not have it explained to you. But the, but the other thought I had is Hugh is so advanced in how he's dealing with finding Jay and avoiding this thing. Uh-huh. How many times has he passed this on and it's come back to him already? You know what I mean? Because Jay passes it on once and it comes back to her at least, maybe twice if she had sex with one of the guys on the boat. But how many times did Hugh get rid of this only to have to deal with it again? You know what I mean? Right. And then it's like, how? How do you know it's after you? If it takes forms of whoever, you know, and you're that's in why any... That's why you have to trap it instead of passing it along because you'll still never get your life back. Yeah, but then it's going to be one of those things that it's like, you know, you have it somewhere deep in a dungeon or in a hole, and it's like you check on it ever so often to make sure it's still there. Right. And, like, can you do these, like, body heat signature, like, monitors, or is it, is it just cold-blooded and you can't sense it? Yeah, one of the things that this movie reminds me of, kind of, like, low-key, is there's a Stephen King um, novel 
slash um, TV show. It was adapted into a TV show that I, I saw recently called The Outsider. And it it's one of those things that it's a it's a crime drama, um, like a whodunit sort of thing, but there's a supernatural twist to it that kind of, I mean, in like good old Stephen King fashion kind of comes out of left field, but it, in The Outsider, we're basically in this normal world and then these like detectives are really shook up by this case because they just can't figure it out, but they have lived in like our world, like our normal non-supernatural world and then this being of like tremendous power and ability comes at you and like ruins your life it really reminds me of like these people are so unprepared for what it is and uh how many times really like how far down the line does it go from if it kills Jay, if it kills Hugh, if it kills the woman who had sex with Hugh at the bar, like how far does it go? Like what happens if it does finally reach their first victim, you know, the 50th person down the line, are they still like double, you know, looking over their shoulder, you know? Right. Really the thing that you would want to do if you could, is like if you were found someone who kind of believed you and had the ability to like avoid this and was like i will avoid this for the rest of my life if you could get one person of like strong enough will character and ability if 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 that person was able to avoid it for their entire life by the and then maybe died naturally or whatever by the time they died all the people before them would probably be dead and unable to pass this along and then it would die out. You know, most of the people, depending on how long this had traveled for in the beginning of the line might be dead anyway. You know what I mean? If this is over centuries or whatever. And the only way to really end it is to have one person say, I'm not going to sleep with anyone else and I'm not going to die so that this can go back to someone who's going to sleep with someone else. You know what I mean? Right it's it's a it ends with me sort of sort of deal but yeah let's let's talk about the ending right what when i was watching this and i goes through you know her having sex with greg greg dying and then um you know her kind of running away for a little bit and then paul's like i have an idea and i was like man i actually do not remember what happens now but the idea behind them going to this like pool and her sitting in the middle of it. I, I love it because it's like, it is kind of a very inventive idea and they think they've got it and they've got these things they're going to like throw in to shock the, the it because apparently it can, be, it can be electrocuted. But I love that it just walks in and just starts chucking shit at her. Like, yeah, yeah. you think you're the first person who has tried to do something like this to me. Um, and it's just so kind of freaky. And then, you know, Paul shoots one shot and hits Yara. Like, great job, Paul. Like, you yeah. could not, like, do a better job. It's not coming after you. Like, don't freak out so much. Um, and then her trying to, you know, 
them shooting it, it falls into the pool and Jay like has to get to the side and then you just see her getting caught. Yeah. And then the way it kind of play, you know, Jay or Paul is able to shoot it in the head and then, you know, she is able to get free and she gets out and then her looking over the edge and just seeing the blood spreading everywhere. I think is so great because then it's like, you know, we, we don't know much about this monster, but we thought it was indestructible. And now with this blood everywhere, you know, is it indestructible? Right. And so then the open ending, I think is great from that point. Yeah. And the, the thing is too, is that it's been shot in the head twice. And the first time it was still strong enough to like pull her down in the water um and i i love how her sister was like yeah let me get a sheet and throw it over this guy uh and then paul was able to see the top of his head and and know where to shoot it um the the fact that it was chucking all these things at her one i was just it was so funny on the things that they had to plug in first of all i've never seen an indoor pool with so many damn outlets holy crap and then if another you wanna, thing, if you want to toast while you swim jesus and then another thing is is um is they have a like a plug-in typewriter which i thought the whole point of typewriters were that they were non-electronic right and then but, the way he is just, the way he is just like completely chucking these things at her head and like almost taking her out several times i even like how all right, you you understand it took the form of her dad, right? Is that who that was? Yeah, it took the form of her dad when he was chucking things at her. But so what he was doing is when Paul had the gun up to him, he like put one hand out to try to, I guess, not deflect the bullet. Swat it away? But like swat it away. And with the other hand, he was just chucking these like giant TVs at her. You know what I wonder now that I'm kind of saying this aloud is that, when it was Yara and she shot it in the neck and it was, you know, it bled. Um, and then when her dad, um, the form of her dad hand, like his fingers were shot off and his head was shot into twice. Um, every time it changes forms, I'm curious if it like a full heal factor happens. So like it's a it gets some medicine and like goes yeah. into its supplies. I don't know. Get some bandages. I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing that it plays with. That this movie does a great job of is like leaving the unknown, leaving things unsaid. Because then after that, you know, Jay and Paul they hook up. Yeah. And then Paul goes to a prostitute, and the ending is is so great in that they're walking down the street. They're just kind of this couple. They're relatively sure that everything's all right. And then you just see this person following them in the background, wearing wearing a lot of white, but maybe is wearing like jeans and like maybe they're dressed normally. Yeah. And once again, for one final time, like, is this it? Is this just a normal person? You know, I'm not going to let you know. And it's such a great ending. Yeah. I, at, at the point where it cuts to black, you kind of feel un, uh, unfulfilled. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, that's kind of the ending that this movie needs is you as the audience don't know and they will never know. And that's the real scary part about it. 
And it gives you the ability to kind of choose your own ending. You can believe that they've beaten this thing or you can believe like it's still there, it's unbeatable and it's going to chase you guys for forever. And, you know, the acting was great in this. Um, but I think that's really kind of like uh, the camera angles and the camera movements really, really help this movie along to get that kind of suspense uh, feel. Not only that too, the music, because they have like these great musical notes for like fear, but at the same time, like some of just the songs that are in it, it's like, it, you know, I don't know that this is like a precursor to Stranger Things or Stranger Things like saw this movie or whatever, but like the music is straight up like the same type that Stranger Things has in all of its show, like all of its episodes. And that part was awesome too. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. When a scene opens and before, you know, you see anyone or anything, it's just these like really high strung chords that just kind of put, automatically put you on edge. You know, they're really high pitched and they're just kind of like out of nowhere. And then it kind of settles you down. But then when it once you get started all back up again, you know, those high pitched chords come back in. And uh, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole movie I'm I'm really glad. Thank you, David. I'm really glad that you forced me to watch this movie because I'm not a fan of horror movies, but this is definitely a horror movie that one, yeah, I'll probably see again, but I think it's one of now my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I love this. Um, so I'm glad we got to talk about it and you finally watched it. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched It Follows.